This is the Marvel Sports Podcast. And it's a team that I don't think anybody in basketball could have predicted. Ready for my bold pick of the day? I'm going to take UNC. On the Pittsburgh side of things, we're still learning a lot about their deficiencies. And here is your host, David Marr. Welcome in to another episode of the Marvel Sports Podcast. David Marr alongside Andrew Svizano as we close in on the end of the dreadful 2020. It is almost over and tomorrow will be New Year's Day. Christmas for me wasn't bad. I got a couple of sweatshirts and um, uh, I'm not sure, like mostly some sports apparel like i got a high on harbor hawk sweater from my parents but we also got a uh, a panasonic camera and a tripod for school projects and uh high school hockey film for my brother's high school team so that was kind of fun uh andrew how was your christmas did you get anything exciting um it was good um it was nice to spend time with my family i got i got a lot of sports apparel too like i got the new Rangers draft pick. I got a Lafreniere shirt. Um, then I got a Daniel Jones shirt for this upcoming Sunday. Big game for the Giants. Um, and then I got a new workout set, which was nice. I got a bench. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty nice. That's good. Well, we'll talk about the Giants and the Cowboys game in just a little bit. But let's dive into the NBA season. We just finished – basically the first week or so of, of the season and there's only one undefeated team left. And I don't think anybody was expecting the, or I'm, yes, there's only one undefeated team left in the NBA and it's a team that I don't think anybody in basketball could have, it's the Orlando game. magic. They're four and oh, um, and they just came off of 118 to 107 win over the thunder and they have looked pretty dominant in their games. They have, they've beaten, they beat Miami the day or two days before Christmas to start their season. And then they uh, swept Washington in a two game series in DC. And then they go to Oklahoma City and take down the thunder. How impressive have the magic been through the first four games of the season? Um, the magic have looked good, obviously four knows impressive, especially for a team like them. No one saw that coming. I don't even think most people had them being a playoff contender. Um, but they have – Nikola Vucevic has looked good. He had 28-10-5 the other night, 12 for 18 from the field. Um, Evan Fournier is not a bad player. Aaron Gordon has looked good. You know, it'll be interesting to see if they could keep this up. They're seventh in the league in field goal percentage. And one thing that I'm – seeing right now from them is they're tied for third third to last in the league in three points or three point uh field goals so that'll be something to watch here but they have been impressive they have been 100 percent on their assist rating which is tied for first in the nba they're ninth in offensive rebounds in the league they have looked impressive and they will play philadelphia uh tonight in orlando so that'll be a game to watch but one surprise, and I think both you, both of us had Milwaukee going all the way to the NBA Finals. 
they have not looked impressive at all. They started off with a last second loss to the Celtics, and then they have dropped two of their last four to the New York Knicks by 20, and I'm sure you were pretty excited about that. And then last night to Miami after dominating them two days ago. What's wrong with the Bucs? So the Bucs, they're just not clicking. Um, Drew Holiday's been inconsistent. Um, You know, Giannis and Middleton have looked good. The other night they were phenomenal. I think they set a record for threes in a game. But I remember watching the game against the Knicks, and they just – they weren't passing enough. They were kind of just doing a lot of iso ball, and they weren't hitting threes. Um, They just didn't look like they were playing as a team, and their defense was just awry. They didn't look good last night against Miami. I think Tyler Hero had a big game against them. Um, They're just not looking great, but I think they'll step – I think they'll pick it up. There's still a lot of season left. I think the one thing is tonight they'll play against Chicago and the Bulls have not been impressive the first few few games. Um, but to clobber the Heat by almost 50 points and then to lose the, to them the next day seems a little bit concerning. You know, you're playing in the same venue against the same team and you talk about um, how many threes they got. The Bucks had 29 threes in game one against Miami. Um and then in yesterday's game, they only had 16. So they almost – they their threes were cut in half, basically. And, um, you know, Miami was all over them. They shot 48%. And, uh, you know, it's the beginning of the season, so I'm not worried about the Bucks yet. But if, if they're on a nice homestand, they, they play five straight games at home, and if they're able to come out of that homestand with, like, three and two, four and one, you know, they'll, they'll be okay. There's still a lot of season left. But um, – the New York Knicks are two and two, and they've won two in a row after starting out zero and two. And they've, you know, first two losses to the Pacers and then the Sixers by twenty points, and then they flat out dominate the Bucks, and then they beat Cleveland and handed them their first loss of the season. What's the big thing about the Knicks that has surprised you the most? The big thing about the Knicks that has surprised me the most is the play of Julius Randle. Um, last year he was just like an okay player. Like I think he averaged a little under 20, but he was also their number one ball handler on the team. But this year he came into camp in much better shape and he had his first triple double as a Nick the other night against the Cavs. And the other thing for the Knicks is coach Thib, coach Thibodeau has brought in a strong defensive mentality to the team and they've played much better defense than they have in years past which allows them to be competitive. They do have a really tough schedule. So I think it's going to be tough to keep up what they're doing, especially with some of the injuries they've had. Um, Obi Toppin just got hurt, their top draft choice. But I think if Randall and Alfred Payton, who's played well, can keep looking as good as they are and R.J. Barrett can step up, they could have a much more exciting season than they have in years past where they've been an automatic lottery pick well they're in the midst of a pretty long road trip they go to toronto tonight and if they beat the raptors who are zero and three um to start the season that'd be a pretty interesting win and then to uh if, you know wrap up this road trip on a winning percentage like they go three and one on this road trip i could see them losing to atlanta because atlanta's been a pretty dominant team um 
So, you know, the, the Knicks have been a big surprise. I didn't think that they would start out 0- two and two. Um, so they've been a, a big surprise. So let's get into the Celtics um, from Boston. A lot of people have been paying attention to the James Harden trade talk. That That's not going to happen, A. And B, the Celtics have had some struggles. They were dominated by the Brooklyn Nets on Christmas Day. And then they lose by a point against Indiana. They beat them the next day. Then they beat Memphis. What is there anything that we should be concerned about about the Celtics right now? Because I watched that game on against Milwaukee, and they looked looked like a playoff game. They they looked okay. Jason Tatum had some big shots at the end, and then to just get flat out dominated by a Brooklyn team that is um, looking pretty good so far is a little bit concerning to me. Yeah, the Celtics they've gone off. They've thrown. They have. They're off to an okay start. Um. You know, I just noticed that they picked up Jeff T. That's an interesting addition. Um, but um, Jalen Brown last night looked phenomenal. I think he had 42 points. He went 15 for 21 from the field. But the the problem for them is they just – I think they've played some really tough teams to start, and they're still figuring – they're still figuring themselves out a little bit as a collective group. But I think as the season goes on, they're going to get better. Jason Tatum's a great player. I think he's a superstar. That buzzer beater he hit against Milwaukee was nuts. And Jalen Brown, I think that big game last night could get him going. Um, And Peyton Pritchard doesn't look too bad, the draft pick that they picked up recently. So I think think they'll be all right. They're going to be a top four team, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, Pritchard was pretty good last night against the the Grizzlies, who are a little bit banged up. Um, he was on the court for 21 minutes and only had eight points, but he looked okay. He he's gonna start to come into his own. Jalen Brown was a great um, was great last night. He was phenomenal. 42 points, a career high. He was 15 of 21 from the field. Um, he was five for six on free throws, seven for 10 in threes, and that's usually what the Celtics got him for, and then Taco Fall came into the game and had six points. So, you know, I wonder if they're going to start to get him into the rotation, especially if they get some injuries down the, um, down the, down the road in the season. Um, but it was a good win, and now the road trip happens. They go to Detroit for two, and that will be pretty coastal time out there in the, in the Midwest. I think Detroit's off to a terrible start. And then Toronto and then Miami. So that'll be the last stretch of that road trip will be huge. So let's go to the West. The LA Clippers are four and one. Are they the are they currently the best team in the West right now? Um, I think they're playing the best basketball right now out of any team in the West because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have looked great. Yeah, they got blown out to to, to Dallas the other day, but I think they were missing Kawhi. But that was the only game that they didn't look good in but they were also missing one of their top players but Paul George has looked good he's been efficient they had a big win over the Lakers on opening night um I think right now they're playing the best basketball but the Lakers are starting to come on I mean they had that tough loss to Portland but Schroeder and Harrell look good and I think they're still the best team in the NBA yeah it was good for them to come back from that really devastating loss to Dallas um, and get back and, and beat the um, 
the, the Timberwolves and the Trailblazers by double digits. Um, and Minnesota's playing well. I, I like Minnesota. Um, I think that they've been playing some good ball. They've played some tough competition. So, um, but I didn't expect them to start at 500 to begin the season. I thought that they would be, um, you know, in a little bit of a trouble spot. So it's good to see the, the Clippers bounce back from a tough loss. And then surprise, who out of the current eight teams in the in the West, the top eight teams, who's a big surprise that you did not expect to see um, on top in the West? Um, so looking at it, I'm not surprised with Phoenix. I said before the season started, I thought they would be good. They brought in a lot of talent. But the team that's currently top eight that I'm a little surprised in is A, New Orleans. I didn't see that coming. I mean, I know Zion's great but and Brandon Ingram, but I didn't think that they would be there yet, just yet. And then the other one is Golden State because all they really have is Steph Curry and James Wiseman. And I think right now they have that eighth spot. I don't think they're going to be there by the time the end of the season comes. I think the team in the West that surprised me, there's two that aren't off to good starts, are A, Dallas with Luka Doncic, and B, Denver, who have Jokic and Jamal Murray. I think both of those teams need to step it up. And I guarantee you both of them will leap in the playoff spots eventually once they get their games going. Yeah, it's so early, so I'm not ready to throw the towel in on um, on Denver just yet. I think that they'll get it going. I think that you're right. The Golden State can't be all Steph Curry. Um, and this is a pivotal game for them against Portland uh, tomorrow. Um, and Portland's Portland's a good off to a good start at two and two. And even though they lost to the Clippers, um, I think they've been playing some good ball. I think that they are, you know, they're fifth in three points in three point uh, field goals. So that'll be something to watch down the line. And um, you know, I think that I'm honestly, and you're right. We had uh, Gannon Hannibal from uh, Arizona State on. He said the Suns would be good, and he was right. They're off to a three and one start. But I didn't expect Sacramento to be three and one. That was to beat um, Denver, split with Phoenix, or to beat Denver twice and then split with Phoenix to start the season, that, that's got to feel good for Sacramento going into a two-game road trip with Houston and then Golden State right behind right behind them on the road. Um, should we be um, watching out for Sacramento after their 3-1 and start? Yeah, I, I really like Sacramento's team. I think De'Aaron Fox is going to be a good player. Buddy Heald's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And Tyrese Halliburton had a great game the other night. I think he's one of the best guards to come out of that draft. I definitely think that the Kings are a team to watch out for. They've gone off to a great start. And they got some – they have some depth. You know, looking at their roster, Marvin Bagley's not a bad player. Harrison Barnes has been a good player in his career. And Hassan Whiteside, don't forget that they picked him up. He's a pretty good big man. I really like this Kings team, and it'll be interesting to see if they can keep this up. They're eighth in turnovers, and eighth in causing turnovers, that is, and they're fifth in offensive rebounds. So they have been a really good team to start. They're playing some complete basketball, and if they can go on the road and take care of a Houston team that is all over the place and then beat Golden State right after – 
I, I put a watch out for them. That'll, that'll be an interesting team down the road because, you know, growing up, Sacramento was the, you know, they were never good. They would always be the kind of throwaway team. And now they're three and one and they've played four tough games against um, Denver and Phoenix, two pretty solid basketball teams and have won and won three out of four. So watch them coming up again, big game with Houston tonight. And then uh, again at Houston and then at Golden State. So let's flip to some college football. Um, the Sugar Bowl was last night, uh, or the, excuse me, the Cotton Bowl uh, between Florida and Oklahoma. And to be honest, it really was never a game with um, Oklahoma just flat out dominating Florida. Um, what was the big takeaway from that game? Um. I mean, for me, the big takeaway was it was just a struggle for Florida. They were missing Kyle Pitts. Um, but my takeaway is Kyle Trask isn't winning the Heisman now after that performance. Um, he had three interceptions in the first quarter. On I don't, He didn't have a touchdown. And Oklahoma looked legit. Spencer Rattler looked good. Their run game had a big game. Their defense made some plays. Oklahoma is going to be a team to watch out for next year, I think. Yeah, certainly the Big 12 will be wide open with Oklahoma State crushing Miami and then Oklahoma just dominating a shorthanded Florida with no uh, Kyle Pitts, no Kadarius Toney, and then Kyle Trask just not looking great. Without those weapons, he just looked like an average quarterback out there. And Oklahoma's defense, I, I got to admit, they were the surprise in the second half of the season. They were able to dominate Iowa State then they dominated Florida and it's because of their defense when that defense gets going this is a complete football team and they can make some noise in the Big 12 for next year so we got a a quadruple header tomorrow and it starts at noon with the Peach Bowl uh, which features Cincinnati and Georgia Um, can the Bearcats do it can they beat the Georgia Bulldogs in Atlanta um and claim an undefeated national championship, much like UCF did three years ago? I'm going to say no. I think Georgia's going to win this game. I really think Georgia played much better down the stretch, and I also think Georgia played some tougher teams. Right now, Georgia's favored by 7.5. I think it's going to be closer than that, but I see Georgia taking this one. One thing to be watched to watch out for is Georgia's two losses were to Alabama and Florida, two teams that that defensively shut down the Gators, or excuse me, not the Gators, the Bulldogs. Um, and Cincinnati has a great defense, and to be not to be outdone, their offense has looked a lot better with Desmond Ritter at the quarterback position. So this could be a game, but I don't know if Georgia's offense with JT Daniels can put up enough points against Cincinnati, I think that they will. I think they'll win this game, but I would not be surprised if Cincinnati pulls off the upset um, tomorrow afternoon in Atlanta. Four hours later uh, in Dallas, the game's moved from Pasadena to Dallas is the Rose bowl featuring Notre Dame and Alabama. And uh, you know, Alabama's a 20 point favorite. They are the best team in the country. What will give Notre Dame a puncher's chance to beat the Tide in in Arlington tomorrow? Defensive playmaking would give them a chance. I think they're going to have to force a couple of turnovers, which is going to be very difficult against 
arguably the best offense in college football. Um, you know, Alabama is a powerhouse and 19 and a half points is a lot. Notre Dame did not look good last week against Clemson or yeah, last week. And I just can't see Notre Dame winning this game. What could be uh, another thing for Notre Dame is not only turnovers, but they have to stop the run. They have to stop Najee Harris. And I think that they do have a good defensive line. I think they do have a good secondary to match up with Devontae Smith. And he'll go toe-to-toe with Kyle Hamilton, who's healthy now. But for Notre Dame, how they will be able to score points, they have to use their big physical offensive line and pound the ball at this defense. And then Ian Book has to do a little Aaron Rodgers magic and run around and make plays on the run and use his legs in order to win this football game. This could be a shootout. I, I wouldn't give Notre Dame a puncher's chance because I think that they do have the offense to, to score a lot of points. But eventually Alabama will figure out a way to shut down this offense and um, not turn the ball over and run the football and, and be able to win this football game. And then the big one, Ohio State and Clemson in New Orleans, Buckeyes and the Tigers rematch of last year's championship semifinal but some concern for Clemson because their offensive coordinator just tested positive for COVID-19 a couple of days ago, and he will not be in this game. What kind of an impact will that have on Clemson's offense? Um, I think that's going to make it a little more difficult. Obviously the play calling is going to be altered a little bit. Um, but in this matchup, I think it's going to be a very competitive game. Ohio State's defense has looked really good all year. And they're obviously they were undefeated. And it's obvious it's the matchup of the top two QBs projected to go in the draft right now of Fields versus Lawrence. But Clemson's defense is going to be enough, I think. They've looked really good since they've gotten healthy. And I think Trevor Lawrence will make one or two big plays that will put them over the top. And I think Clemson takes it in a close one. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I really hope Clemson loses and Ohio State gets in as revenge from last year because that game, I think Ohio State got hosed a couple times by some bad calls. Um, but I think they don't have the better defense. That's Clemson. They have the better defense. And uh, Clemson and Alabama, another rematch. So – um, but that will be, it, it will be a great game. It will be two good teams, two good offenses battling it out. One likes to throw it around. The other likes to use the ground attack, which is Ohio state. They like to run the football and play some kind of powerhouse physical football on offense, but Clemson's defense, they're now healthy. James Skalski's back in the lineup. Um, Jake Venables is now healthy. And, uh, I think Clemson should be able to take this one. So we have two other new year six bowl games. We have the Fiesta bowl at four o'clock on Saturday, which features the Pac-12 champs in Oregon and then the Big 12 runner-ups in Iowa State. The Ducks, miraculously, thanks to COVID, won the Pac-12 championship over USC. The Cyclones probably had the better year. They were eight and two heading into the Big 12 championship. But what will give, who has the edge in this game, Andrew, when you look at both these teams on paper, um, who has the advantage in this game? Iowa State has the advantage. I've liked watching them all year. I just they just didn't show up against Oklahoma. 
Um, and they got they got beaten up, but I think they're gonna bounce back. I think they're a better team than Oregon. Oregon has been hot of late, and they usually show up for big games. But I think Iowa State's defense will play a big role and a close win for them. Interesting thing about this matchup is that both quarterbacks from both teams are from the state of Arizona. Brock Purdy played in high school in Arizona, and then uh, Tyler Shaw quarterback from Oregon also played high school football in Arizona. He's from state of Arizona. So two quarterbacks going back to their roots, but I think the main difference in this game is that Iowa state can run the football with Brees Hall and they're physical up front. And I think, I, I think that they've got the better defense. I've seen Oregon be too inconsistent defensively and um, give up a ton of points and a ton of big plays down the field. This again, it, it's got shootout potential. It's got a chance to be a rock'em, sock'em physical football game. But I like Iowa State to win this game against Oregon. It's going to be a great game, though. And then the other New Year's Six game features North Carolina and Texas A&M in the Orange Bowl. And we are looking at another offensive shootout between these two football teams. Um, who do you think is going to win this one, Andrew? Ready for my bold pick of the day? I'm going to take UNC to pull oh, wow. off the upset. Wow. Um, I really like the way they've been playing of late. Um, Sam Howells looked really good. They had a big win last week, I think. Um, and I think it's going to be a shootout. you got two really good offenses. But I think Sam Howells going to get it done. Can we really rely on the North Carolina defense to, to come through after, you know, a, a lot of shootout losses to Florida State and then UBA? And then I know they played against Notre Dame at home. Um, I don't know if I can consistently trust that defense. They blitz. What I do like about Carolina's defense is that they blitz a lot, and that could create some pressure on Kellen Mond, and that could force him to make really poor decisions with the football. I just think Texas A&M's defense is the better defense and I love Sam Howell, but I still think he's, I, I just can't rely on North Carolina's defense to consistently blitz and play good man-to-man -man coverage. It doesn't work out. They give up too many points. I just think the, the Aggies are the better team, but it, you're right. I think it, it's a good pick. I just don't know if I can rely on that Carolina defense. And you know what, if, if you prove me wrong and, and North Carolina wins, you run the show next week. So I'll give you that. So let's turn our attention to pro football and let's talk week 16. Um, some really good football last week, but let's start with the um, pre-Sunday games. Let's start with um, the Dolphins going into Las Vegas and using a little Fitz magic to beat the Raiders. What happened to the Raiders? They were six and three going into the Sunday night game against Kansas city and now they are officially eliminated from the playoff picture. What happened to the Raiders? John Gruden got in their way by kicking that field goal way too early. Um, it gave Fitzmagic plenty of time to march up the field. I mean, their defense collapsed too on that Gaskin touchdown. Um, but the Raiders just crumbled and – the Dolph and Fitzmagic, that crazy throw with the face mask, you're going to see that picture all year. Um, and now I think the Dolphins have a chance to get in. Um, but 
just a disappointing loss for the Raiders. They had that in the bag, but they had to kick the field goal too early and then just choke defensively. They were all over the Dolphins, and it just seemed like I, – I felt good about the Raiders going into this game. I'm like, they can run the football. Miami can't run the ball. Um, I think that they have the better weapons on offense. And they were 0 for 10 on third downs in the game. They basically had to get first downs on second down or they had to, or they were going to punt the football. They just were too inconsistent on offense. And now the question at the draft becomes what has to be done to either this defense or do we go out and get a quarterback and replace Derek Carr, who was 21 of 34 for over 330 yards and a touchdown. But you're right. That play will come back to that play will haunt the Raiders forever. And that's now the second consecutive season where the Raiders have been in a position to make the playoffs and have faltered down the stretch to uh, some of the better teams, but a chance at home to try to stay alive at least in the playoff picture. And now they are officially eliminated, but let's talk about another team that took a big hit on Saturday. And that was Arizona at home against San Francisco, losing by eight. Kyler Murray threw for 50 uh, attempts in the game for only 250 yards and a pick. Can Arizona make the playoffs now? Um, They can, but the path – I think the path is going to be tough. They have to depend on some other teams losing. Arizona did not look good. They didn't establish their run game. Kyler Murray threw the ball way too much. And the 49ers, no one expected them to win this game, but Jeff Wilson had 183 rushing yards. The Cardinals' defense needs to find out a way to stop the run, and they need they have to win. They have to win against the backup quarterback of the Rams. That'll be a really good matchup. You know, that's basically win or go home for both of those teams. Um, so the Cardinals need to step up and win that game. Yeah, they ran the ball 18 times with Kenyon Drake, and he only had 45 yards. And then when they fell behind, they basically forced everything onto Kyler Murray's hands. Their inability to run the football at this defense was the reason that they ended up losing this football game. I think that this team can still make the playoffs. They, they win, they're in. So if they beat the Rams, who are a little bit banged up now on offense, no Cooper Cup, no Jared Goff, um, they can get in or they hope the Bears lose and they can get themselves into the playoffs. So huge stakes for Arizona. And But props to San Francisco, playing with a, back, a third-string quarterback and a really banged-up defense and basically gave a huge um, chance to knock Arizona out of the playoffs. So let's turn our attention to last Sunday and the NFC East. Washington lost. Dallas beat, eliminated Philly, and then the Giants – loss of the Ravens, which I kind of saw coming. I, the Giants had no chance in that game, just to be fair. Um, but let's talk about Washington. The football team is playing the Panthers, who are basically done and have nothing else to play for and looked absolutely awful. Was it the quarterback play, or was it just the fact that they were just too banged up off offensively? They were way too banged up offensively, but also Dwayne Haskins is – just terrible. He looked absolutely awful against Carolina. He had a couple of huge turnovers and mistakes. I think there was a fourth and two play. He had a dude wide open and he didn't even throw it. Um, and now he just got caught. So 
and Alex Smith did not practice yesterday. So their offense is really banged up. Terry McLaurin has a high ankle sprain that could linger and could impact his play on Sunday if he shoots up. Antonio Gibson's playing banged up. You know, their offense is just crippled right now, but they still have a great defense. Their pass rush is elite. I'm ready to say that that's an absolutely elite pass rush. Chase Young's a beast. But their offense scares me, and going up against a good offense like Philly, that could be tough for them. If they beat Philadelphia, they most likely have to play Tampa Bay in the first round, and that is not a team that I want to play right now after the way that they looked against Detroit. I know it was Detroit, but they looked absolutely dominant, blowing Detroit out. And, um, you know, Washington going into Philadelphia this Sunday night with a win and get-in situation, if not, it's the Giants and the Cowboys getting in. And do you think Philadelphia will – welcome the opportunity to knock out Washington even with nothing else to play for? I really think that they are. They're, they're don't, they said yesterday, I think their coach said, they don't want to see the other team celebrate on their field. And I think and they're starting Jalen Hurts, who I think gives them a better opportunity to win than Carson Wentz. And they're going to play hard, and I think it's going to be tough for Washington to win that game with their, all of their offensive injuries. It's going to be really – I think it's going to be really competitive. Yeah, it should be a great game to watch this Sunday night. Even though it should have been Rams-Cardinals being the Sunday night, you can see on Twitter why I keep thinking that Rams-Cardinals should have been the Sunday night game, but it's whatever. Um, the Bengals beat the Ravens three years ago in Baltimore to knock the Ravens out of the playoffs. The same opportunity to do so is this Sunday. The Bengals scored more points than Baltimore last week. Can the Bengals do it? Can they knock the Ravens out of the playoffs on Sunday? Um, I think the Ravens are just – their offense is so on fire. You know, the, they played – I think the Giants have a good defense. That's why they didn't score as many points as the Bengals did against a terrible Texans defense. Um, and the Ravens, they were blowing the Giants out, so I think they may have put the brakes on in the second half potentially. Um but I don't see the Bengals beating the Ravens. The Ravens are just – I think they look incredible right now offensively. Okay. I was thinking that the Bengals – offensively, they're clicking. Even with no Joe Burrow, they could still put up a lot of points. I think that that – it could be at least a competitive game because the Bengals did beat Pittsburgh on Monday night and, you know, give them a little bit of a uh, wake-up call and said that they had to win next week against Indianapolis – to make the playoffs and they did. So I'm not saying that the Ravens will blow them out. I think it's going to be competitive, um, but I'll make that pick in just a few minutes. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 20, 24 win over the Colts. Um, what was your takeaway from that game? Um, my takeaway was that the Colts crumbled. Uh, <clears throat> big Ben made some big plays. I think he had, he threw a touchdown to Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron, and then Juju. And they came alive offensively at the end of the game against a good Colts defense. And they're resting Big Ben next week. So maybe arrested Ben going into the playoffs gives them a better chance in the first round. We'll see what happens. You know, they haven't looked great the last few weeks. Their defense hasn't looked as good. Obviously, they're banged up. But they looked better than they have in recent weeks offensively on Sunday. 
Yeah, the Colts, I think, gave up running the football in the second half, and that was why they ended up losing the game. That's their strength. You run the football, you set up everything offensively, and they couldn't – they just gave up doing that in the second half. <clears throat> but on the Pittsburgh side of things, we're still learning a lot about their deficiencies. They still can't run the football. Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 50 times and was over – almost had 350 yards and three touchdowns in the game but they have to be able to run the football in the playoffs. If you don't run the football, you're not going to win a ton of games. And the Steelers are still getting injured on defense. That's why I think Mike Tomlin is doing the smart thing and saying, we'll rest our starters. We'll go to the playoffs. We'll be the three seed. Doesn't matter who we play. We want this week off. We'll take it. And that's why they're going to go to Cleveland with Mason Rudolph and um, potentially a practice squad defense going against the Bengal uh, going against the Browns this weekend. Um, what's the best word to describe the Seahawks win over the Rams to clinch the NFC West? Um, defense, 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 defense. Their defense has really improved throughout the season. You know, they start off horribly, but as time has gone on, they picked it up. They shut down the Rams and their offense did just enough. You know, Russell Wilson has been a little concerned. He hasn't played as well in recent weeks. He needs to pick it up. But they, their defense has gotten healthy. Jamal Adams looks great. And that was a big win for them. I would say complete. I think we're seeing the, the complete Seahawks team, when they start to throw the ball around with Russell Wilson and they're playing defense, they can be a complete football team. And they are running the football with Chris Carson, they gave him 16 carries. He didn't, wasn't a productive day, but they were balanced offensively. And, you know, they didn't put up a ton of points, but that defense, like you talked about, was humming all day. They shut down the, the Rams. And uh, they're, they're now in a position, believe it or not, to win the number one seed if they get some help from the, uh, the Saints and the Packers to win or lose. That will set the Seahawks up to win. Uh, the number one seed, and that would be huge to not go to Lambeau potentially for the NFC Championship game. Instead, come to Seattle and play at Lumen State at Lumen Field. Um, the Packers dominated the Tennessee Titans. The Bears blew out the Jaguars. Will the Packers be resting Aaron Rodgers on Sunday with a chance to win the number one seed? Um, I think they're going to play him. Um, I think they want to get that by, and. I see them going – I could see them really trying to win that game. Um, Green Bay looked phenomenal, by the way, against Tennessee, who just couldn't get Derrick Henry going. And Tannehill had a couple of costly turnovers. Um, Green Bay looks really good. And they might be – they very well might be the favorite to win in the, a in the NFC. How about – uh, Boston College alumni A.J. Dillon having 21 carries for over 120 yards and two scores in the game. And I also I, I tweeted this out, but he might be the first Packer to go 0 for 2 in Lambeau leaps um, yesterday or in that game on Sunday. But he looked phenomenal. Um, he was running all over the place. He was a great backup to Aaron Jones. And um, he, the Green Bay got a winner. Everybody was talking about at the draft, like, why would you draft this guy? He's from B.C. He's terrible. And now you know why he had over 120 yards and two touchdowns and in a backup role and he was their leading rusher last week. So uh, props to him. And that was a good win for the Packers. And you're right. A chance to beat a divisional rival, not only knocked them out of the playoffs, 
but have a chance for everybody to go to Lambeau Field for to get to the Super Bowl would be huge. Um, one word to sum up the Patriots' 2020 season after a 38-9 loss to the Bills. Disaster. Um, Cam Newton just, you know, I had high expectations coming into the year for him. You know, I think he had high expectations for himself, and he just didn't deliver. Um, he just couldn't get the passing game going. You know, his, his run game looked good, but – also, their defense, I think they were ranked last in run defense, or they are ranked. They're ranked 32nd in stopping the run this year. And Buffalo just went right through them. Josh Allen looks like a top two MVP contender right now. Um, you know, they just couldn't get the job done in big games this year. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason if they can try and address it or if they go into full rebuild mode, we'll see. Yeah. I think the, the Patriots, my one word is one dimensional because that's all they were on, on offense. They just run, run, run. They don't pass. And I was asking this with my dad the other day and I was like, is it cam or is it just the lack of weapons around him? And I, because what, what really big threat do they have? You know, Jacoby Myers has been inconsistent. Tamir bird has been too inconsistent they don't have a deep threat. And that would be my question at the draft. Do you draft around Cam Newton or do you draft a quarterback and, and, um, and work around him and start another rebuild season? But, you know, they don't have weapons offensively and all they do is run the football. They're loaded at the running back position, but they need help at the receiving core. And that's what they probably will do on the draft. Um, so let's get into our week 17 picks. We'll start with the games that just don't matter. Um, and the first one that doesn't matter is the Vikings and the Lions in Detroit. I don't think Matt Stafford's playing. He got hurt last week. And I think the Vikings are going to win this game. And it shouldn't be much of a contest. Yeah, no Dalvin Cook in this game. But I don't think that the Lions have played well offensively. And defensively, they just don't have anything going right now. So I'm taking the Vikings. Jets and the Patriots. Pats are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, believe it or not, over the red-hot Jets, who have won two in a row. You know what? I'm going to take the Jets. They've looked, they've looked pretty good the last two weeks. They beat two really good teams. Obviously, the Browns were missing their entire receiver core. But the Patriots just look terrible, coming off of a really ugly loss to Buffalo. And, well, I think Jared Stidham's probably going to play most of this game. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. But I think Sam Darnold and the Jets are going to get the job done. Yeah, I like the Jets too. I think the Jets' defense, they do well. They did a great job stopping the run last week. They're basically seeing a run-based team in the Patriots. And um, I think they'll get the win. I don't know what the plan will be now in the draft, now that they're not getting Trevor Lawrence. But um, how they'll play against the Patriots will determine if Sam Darnold will be the starter. Um, how about the Bills and the Dolphins? Buffalo could win the number two seed at the same time, potentially knocking Miami out of the playoff picture. And if the Dolphins win, they get to the playoffs. Miami's going to come into this game playing really hard. Obviously, they need the win to get in, or else they'll have to depend on some other scenarios. But I think Buffalo is the better team, and I really do think they want to try and push that seeding up for, for them. And I think. I think Buffalo's going to win this game, but it's going to be very hard fought. 
and competitive. Yeah, I'll take the Bills too. I wonder how long they'll leave Josh Allen in there for if the scores isn't well or if they scoreboard watch to see what the Browns are doing to the Steelers. Um, I just think Miami's going to play hard for Coach Flores. It just won't be enough. And um, I think the Bills get it done and become the number two seed. Um, speaking of the Browns, they play the Steelers on Sunday. Mason Rudolph versus Miles Garrett. Um, <clears throat> Browns, what is it now? Round two. Um, Browns win, they go to the playoffs. Steelers win, but it sounds like they won't because they're resting their starters. Browns are a 10 point favorite now that they're receiving core is healthy. I'm taking the Browns in this one with no Big Ben, Mason Rudolph. I don't, I don't know how much he played this year, if at all, but I'm taking Cleveland. You know, they have to win to get in. They're going to be very motivated. They're, they're angry coming off of that really frustrating loss to the Jets. The receivers are going to be back looking to, looking to literally eat against the Steelers' defense. She's been banged up taking Cleveland. Yeah, I'll take Cleveland as well. The receiving course healthy. Steelers will be resting, taking the number three seed. Um, Browns be wanting to go to the playoffs, so I think they'll win this game. Ravens and Bengals. Ravens are a 12-point favorite going into Cincinnati. Bengals have won two straight. For the reasons you said, I'm going to take the Bengals to cover, but I do think that the Ravens are going to win this game to get into the playoffs. I want to pull the trigger on Cincinnati because of what happened a few years ago, and they've been playing better ball, but the Ravens have been the more dominant team, and I think that they will cover. I just don't think they'll win this game. Lamar Jackson wants to go to the playoffs again, and Puzzle will have it. What could have set up an interesting game if the Ravens and the Dolphins win? Baltimore goes to Pittsburgh on uh, <clears throat> on wildcard weekend with you. a great game. Um, Giants and the Cowboys, the winner has to hope that Philadelphia beats Washington and they go to the NFC East title and will play the number five seed in the playoffs. You know, Dallas has looked good. They looked really good against Philly last week. But the Giants' defense is much better than Philly's defense. And going into New York, the Giants, they're frustrated. They lost three straight. They're desperate. They're getting some guys back. They're getting back roll back on their defense, which is going to help. And I like Daniel Jones over Andy Dalton. And I think the Giants are going to win a close game and pray that Philly beats Washington to get in. Every time I feel good about the Cowboys, they always let me down. I felt good about them going into Thanksgiving and then they lost. Um, they have, I feel good about them going into this week. So I will pick the Giants in a low scoring game. I think that they do have the secondary to match these receivers. I think they have the better defense. Um, the question is, can they run the football? That will be the handicap, but the Giants almost beat Dallas in Dallas. I think they'll get the, I'll get, they'll get their revenge in, uh, in this matchup. Um, Falcons and Bucks. Bucks win. They clinch the number five seed. Atlanta's basically done. Um, I'll just make a quick pick here. Atlanta has no defense. The Bucks do. Bucks win big. Agreed. Bucks win big. Uh... All right, Saints and the Panthers. Saints basically need a miracle to clinch the number one seed, which includes a Packers loss to the Bears and a Seahawks win over San Francisco. Carolina is also out. Um, another quick pick, Saints. Doesn't matter who plays quarterback. Uh, the Saints get the win. Yep, Saints win big. 
Packers Bears at Soldier Field. Packers are a small favorite going into Chicago with one, surprisingly, um, three in a row now. I'm going to take the Packers, but cautiously, because Mitch Trubisky has looked really good, and their defense has played better, but they also played the Jags, who were terrible. But I think Packers win, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, I think the Green Bay run defense is the difference in this game. They're going to be able to stop the run and force everything on Mitch Trubisky's hands. It's a much different game than Sunday night a couple of weeks ago, but I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. There's just the, the Bears, can they run the ball for 60 minutes against that defense? If Derrick Henry couldn't, I don't think the Bears could either. Jags and the Colts. Colts need a miracle to get into the playoffs. That includes beating <clears throat> the winners of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes uh, at home in Jacksonville. That's going to happen. I think Colts easily take this one. I want to see the Colts run the football a lot more, and I think the Jags are too banged up on offense. Um, Indy gets the win, but it, it will be a competitive football game. The Jags always go to Indy and play uh, tough against the Colts, so closer game, but the, the Colts take it. Titans and Texans. Titans win. They clinch the South. If they lose, they could still get in if Indianapolis loses to Jacksonville, um, but it's basically win and you're in for Tennessee. I think the Texans are going to give the Titans a run for their money because the Titans' defense hasn't looked great. But I think the Titans are going to win in a shootout. Yeah, I like the Titans too. I just don't think the Texans' offense can protect Deshaun Watson. I know Tennessee's pass rush is terrible, but they'll have enough to win this football game. And the Texans can't stop the run, and that's what Derrick Henry... Derrick Henry, if he has a big game, if he goes for over 200-and-something yards, he could be the... Uh, another 2,000-yard rusher in the NFL, so that'd be awesome. Um, nothing at stake when the Chargers go to Kansas City, but Justin Herbert could have the potential uh, last her off or rookie of the seat year. This is a double pick. Do you think Justin Herbert will be rookie of the year, and will the and who will win this game? I really like Justin Herbert, and I do think he will win rookie of the year based off the way he's played. But I don't know. The Chiefs are resting Patrick Mahomes. And I'm sure they'll arrest a lot of other guys, especially defensive players. So I can see the Chargers winning this game. Yeah, I like the Chargers too. I think Justin Herbert is rookie of the year. He's had such a phenomenal season. Eventually, he will be a better quarterback with more help around him. He'll do some special things. Um, and I'm taking the Chargers. The Chiefs will just be resting and uh, getting set for a bye and then getting to host the AFC through it. Uh, and hope it runs through Arrowhead. Nothing at stake again. The Raiders and the Broncos in the Mile High City. Raiders are out after a crushing last-second loss to the Dolphins. Denver is out as well, but a sign of things to come for Denver after being so beat up on the offense. You know, this is one of those games that's just impossible to pick because both teams are just... You never know what you're going to get from them. Um, but... I'm going to take the Raiders, but it's going to be a low-scoring, close game just because I like Josh Jacobs and that offense a little more. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take Denver. I think the uh, the conditions and the mile-high um, altitude will be a factor for the Bronco, uh, for the Raiders. And this is a chance for Drew Locke and um, for uh, who's the receiver that was a little bit upset. I think it was Judy was a little upset after that loss to the Chargers. The Broncos will want to go back on the field and uh, end the Raiders season. And 
I just don't know if the Raiders have enough in the tank to finish out the season, so I'll take the Broncos. Uh, Seattle, again, needs some help to clinch the number one seed. They go to Arizona to take on the 49ers. Um, this is another quick pick for me. I'm just going to take Seattle in a close, close game. A lot of defense, but the Seahawks get it done. I agree. I think the Seahawks are going to win the game, and I think Russell Wilson's going to heat up before the playoffs. Win and in situation at SoFi Stadium, Cards and the Rams. Cards are hoping Kyler Murray will be available for this game. The Rams are missing a lot of offensive starters, including Jared Goff and Cooper Cup. Uh, the Rams can lose and still make the playoffs, but the Cardinals, if they lose, they are officially eliminated in this game. Uh, who are we taking? The Rams do have that defense, but I do not think they are going to have the offense to get the job done. I'm going to take the Cardinals in a low-scoring game. Yeah, I agree with that. I like the Cardinals, too. I just They will probably scoreboard watch. The Rams will and hope that the Bears lose to get themselves into the playoffs. And this is a chance for Kyler Murray, even though he's a little bit hobbled, to go out and win a game for his team and a little bit of payback for the, uh, the loss the Cardinals had to the Rams a couple of weeks ago. So I'll take the cards and their defense. And then the NFC East title basically on the line for Washington. They go to Philly with an opportunity to win the division. They lose to Philadelphia. They are out. Who will be taking them? I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, A, obviously I want that to happen for the Giants fan, but no bias. No bias aside. Um, I think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have a better offense than the football team whose offense is really banged up. McLaurin might play, but he's got that ankle sprain, which could really affect his route running. And Antonio Gibson's still playing banged up. He only had 60 rushing yards against the Panthers. Weak defense last week. And obviously, if even if Alex Smith plays, he's going to be playing on two injured legs. And it's, I just don't see Washington putting up enough points. And I think their defense will limit Philly but not enough. I think Philly's going to win, but it's going to be low scoring. Yeah, I agree with that. I just don't think Washington's offense can score. They're still too beat up. Um, and this is an opportunity for Jalen Hurts to prove he is the starter. Go out, win a game, knock the uh, football team out of the playoffs. And um, this is a chance for Doug Peterson to save his job. And, you know, he wants Washington to not celebrate on the field. The only way to do that is if you go out there and win with your backup quarterback, Jalen Hurts, to show he is the starter. Um, but Washington, their defense to keep a minute, I just don't have a lot of confidence in their offense to win this game. So I'll take Washington in a very low-scoring game. So with that, that will conclude this episode of the Marvel Sports Podcast. Remember, you can tune in on Spotify. Weekly episodes are put up every Thursday. Um, for Andrew, I'm David saying so long. We will see you next week.